Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 355 and session number 109 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday, and today is one of those Fridays, or if you're listening to this on Monday, well, it's another Monday for you, but it's recorded on Friday, so these are the Ask Scott sessions that I do on Friday. Really excited that you're here. I'm super pumped. I've got a lot of things to share with you. Today, we're going to be talking about traffic to our products, not just on Amazon, but how do we get more traffic? Traffic meaning visitors, eyeballs. How do we make that happen? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about reducing returns and some of the issues that could be happening when you're getting returns and why and how to prevent that. And then also using insert cards and about some, you know, TOS rules. We always have to talk about that when we talk about insert cards. So we're going to talk about all of those different things. Those are some questions that came in that we're going to answer. But I want to remind you, if you want to ask your own question, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and do that. Just ask a question. Just leave your first name, where you're tuning in from, and a brief question. And I would love to answer it here on an upcoming podcast. All right. Now, this episode is 356. That means that the show notes and the transcripts can all be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 355. All right. So that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 355. Now, before we jump in, you guys always know I like to kind of give you guys my thoughts of the week or the day or whatever, just random thoughts of what I'm kind of going through or or what I'm hearing from you guys. And uh, that's what I want to do here. I also wanted to remind you guys and let you guys know that I'm super excited about an upcoming unofficial meetup. And I say unofficial, what does that mean? It basically just means that it's a place where we're going to meet up. There's nothing structured. There's no like uh, you know, set rules or anything like that. It's not going to be like a workshop where we're going to be working on things. It's a, it's a meet and greet. It's kind of like where we get to hang out. We get to meet, we get to talk a little bit of business. You get to meet other TASers, other FBA sellers and, and all of that stuff. And we try to do those in different cities when we're going to be in town. So this one here is going to be North Carolina. And this one here, a lot of people said, Scott, why don't you just have one in North Carolina? You're not far from there. And I said, you know what? You're right. I probably should. And I also had a bunch of requests for people that wanted us to do another TAS live event and we decided to do a workshop. So we're also going to do a workshop just outside of Charlotte and uh, that there, all of that information can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash live and you can get all the details on the unofficial meetup and on the official, well, the the workshop. We're going to actually do a one day workshop on that Saturday where we're going to have 15 people in a room and we're going to be talking all about external traffic, but then also how to build your own launch list. So this way here you can launch your products easier and You can also boost sales and you can do a lot of really cool things once you have that asset. And that's what we're going to be teaching on Saturday. All right. But the unofficial meetup is going to be on that Friday and all the details, like I said, will be on that page, theamazingseller.com forward slash live. What I want to do here really quickly before we jump into the first question is I wanted to play a little recording, a little snippet from one of our unofficial meetups. And I wanted to share with you Joseph Wang. And Joseph, if you're listening, I want to say I enjoyed our time together. We talked for 
oh gosh, probably about 20 to 30 minutes. And he was there probably for two or three hours talking to a whole bunch of other people. He's got a ton of energy. He's also a bodybuilder. Uh, he's a small guy. If you look at him at the surface, but the guy's ripped like crazy. So Joseph, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about that at the next meetup. And I know that you're going to be here in North Carolina at that next meetup. So I'm going to really enjoy hanging out with you for a full day talking about external traffic and all that stuff too. But just a great guy. But I wanted to really highlight him because he really had some good things to say on this recording. And this recording just came because what we do is we carry around a little mic and we ask people how they heard of the podcast and, you know, what they're doing currently right now in their business and, you know, what they're looking to do in the future and and all those things. And a common thread was really not just with Joseph, but with a lot of people was motivation. Like Scott gives me a lot of motivation to keep going and that's awesome. But I also want you to hear that it's not just about the motivation. It's about the people you surround yourself with. And I'm not going to kind of spoil it here, but Joseph gives some really good advice and some words of wisdom just for himself that he was kind of reminding himself, but also to other people that are listening. So I want you to listen to this. I want you to really let it sink in because it's so important that we need the right motivation, not just motivation. And we also need to be inspired and motivated by the people that we're surrounded with. And it's really, really important that you understand that in any business or in anything in life that you're trying to achieve. All right. So listen to this really quick snippet with Joseph. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And then we'll go ahead and we will dive into the first question of today. So what's your name and where are you from? I'm Joseph Wang and I'm from Dallas, Texas. All right. So do you remember hearing Scott for the first time or, or where, how you heard of him? Yeah, so it's not super clear, but I remember I started Amazon with wholesaling and then I think just through the community of Amazon sellers, I heard of Scott and that got me into private labor. Okay, so you start listening to Scott. How long ago was that? Dang, I don't remember. Maybe May of 2016. Okay, so less than a year. Yeah. Have you gotten started? Has it made an impact? What difference has listening to Scott made for you? So I love the, the biggest thing I love about Scott's podcast is specifically I think in life you've got to have the right influences and the people who are continuing to give you like the motivation and the influence that you're going to need if you're hanging around like drug addicts you're going to be a drug addict and so um, I think the biggest takeaway for me from from his podcast was having that influence and that constant reminder of like, hey, this is what I'm working towards. And so I actually started my brand in August, um, and that's, that's how I got started. That's so I so you, you know, just a couple months, started your brand. How you doing? Good? <laughs> I'm doing about 2000 a month-ish for profit-wise. So um, are, are you working another job right now or doing the Amazon? I work full-time at Raytheon. Okay. As a financial analyst. So is that something that you want to continue? You want to do both of them and just have Amazon as, as a side income, or is it going to replace your income? What, what's your goal in the end here? I am totally an entrepreneur. Um, okay. There's so, huge goals past financial freedom in terms of like trying to build a university in the future that teaches like um, health, wealth, love, and happiness, and kind of like Ty's thing. But um, I'm a bodybuilder as well, and just I think relationships and stuff like that isn't taught as a life skill and I think that's so stupid that it's missed out in life. It's awesome that that you would be willing to go in there and try to help people with that because that's a big thing like you know Scott helps people to make money <laughs> you'll help people and, and Scott help also helps people to be motivated like you said right? Yeah. 
but you're looking to uh, help them have the right relationship. That's yeah. a that's a powerful skill, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mentor uh, college students as well right now, and just as a free thing, and um, one of the guys sent me a text one. It's like last year or something like that, two years ago, and he's like, "Hey, man, I really owe you a lot of who I am today, and you changed how I think and whatnot." So potentially, Scott coming into your life might make you go into a bunch of other people's lives <laughs> and make a difference for them. Yes. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so I just wanted to share that with you just to, number one, let you see kind of the people that hang out with us at these unofficial meetups. I mean, they're totally free for you to attend these when we do these in these in these uh, cities that we're, that we're either attending an event or a meeting or whatever, and you get to meet people like Joseph, and I just really wanted to highlight him because he said some really important things, and I want to highlight them one more time, and that is, you know, motivation is great and all, and I don't like to be just the motivational guy, right? It's more about the motivation to take the action, and then once you take the action, you get some type of result, but then when you start to feel like, eh, I don't want to keep going because things are starting to get a little bit tougher, then yes, you can get remotivated. I think that's the key, right? You know, I can get you all pumped up and excited, and then get you started, but then if you don't actually get started and then get the result that you want, or after you start, you get a result that you want, or you see some results, then it's going to get you deflated, and I think him saying, like, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people, and he did say this, and I wanted to highlight this, he's like, if you're, if you're hanging around with drug addicts, you're probably going to be a drug addict, or if you're going to be, if you're hanging around with really good athletes, you're probably going to be a good athlete, or you're at least going to strive to be one. So really try to understand that. You are probably going to be a lot like the people you hang around. And there's that one saying that everyone kind of refers back to you are the five, you're the average of the five people that you hang around with the most, like the five people. So maybe think about that. And I've said that before, but I'm going to say it again. It's really, really important that you do that. But again, I just wanted to kind of highlight this and again, also talk a little bit about like the ripple effect. What does that mean? Well, you can see you know, Joseph has bigger plans than just selling something on Amazon. And the Amazon thing is really the vehicle that's going to hopefully allow him to do that. And again, a lot of people look at these big numbers. Well, this guy's doing $500,000 a month or a million dollars a month. He's doing $2,000 profit a month. And that's a great start. And I just want to also let you guys know that I'm not going to be the guy that's just going to show you all of those big numbers because for a lot of people, $2,000 a month is a great side revenue or one that they can build upon. So don't always get, I guess, you know, blown away with all of these big numbers because you know what? You got to start somewhere and Joseph is on his way and I'm really excited to hang out with him at our live unofficial meetup, but also our full day workshop. He's one of the 15 that's going to be in that room the day that we do our our live workshop, which we're going to be building an external launch list and an email list, and we're going to talk about like how to leverage that and all of that fun stuff. So again, guys, if you're interested in hanging out with us at one of our live meetups or any of our live events, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live. All right, guys, let's go ahead and dig into today's first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, this Scott. Um... Actually, uh, so I've been running my Amazon for the past six months now. I've got two FBA products. Uh, I've got a very good conversion, around 20, 20% conversion at the moment. Uh, only issue is, uh, I'm a UK seller. Um, only issue is um, traffic. I'm not getting enough traffic. So on average, um, well, before starting, I was, you know, I built up to about 30 per day sessions. But I ran out of stock for the past two months, and I was back down to around 10 to 15 sessions. So I just want to know, 
uh, from your point of view, how can I drive uh, more traffic uh, to my listing? Obviously, ranking is a big thing to it that will increase traffic, but whatever external sort of like strategies or social media or whatever that you you know can advise me to basically increase my traffic. Thank you very much. Okay, so you guys know I love these types of questions. This is where I get to really dig in and I love to talk about this. And I want to thank uh, you for this question. I don't have your first name or else I'd call you out by first name. And again, let me just remind you guys, if you're submitting a question, please leave your first name. So this way here, I can shake your hand um, virtually, all right, and say thank you uh, to you personally. Uh, that's what I would like to do. But anyway, I know that you're from the UK. Obviously, you can tell by the accent, but you did say that. So I'm assuming you're selling in the UK marketplace, but even if you're not, this is all going to go hand in hand. Although in some of those other international marketplaces, the traffic is less in most cases, but doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. I mean, there's a lot of marketplaces that are starting to get some momentum. But right now, you know, in the States, .com is going to be one of the most traffic uh, you're going to get out there. But we're talking about like, okay, so you want to get ranked because that's going to get you more eyeballs. That's, you know, we all know that, right? That's what we want to do. So, you know, you would say, well, let's just go ahead and maybe ramp up some pay-per-click. That would be first thing. Are you using pay-per-click? Well, you might say, well, there's not really a ton of traffic using pay-per-click because there's not as many people on the platform. I would argue with that. I would say... If you've done your product research correctly and your number is, I want to get 100 sessions a day and I'm only getting 20, then we've got room to grow. So I think we got to know that mark. We got to know that number. So if that number, like I said, is 100 sessions a day and that's what you know that most, or let, let's say sales, let's say for example, you're shooting for 10 sales a day, then you got to look at the top 10 listings that are coming up for your keywords and you got to see what their volume is. Does that make up, you know, 3,000 over the course of, of 10 listings or, you know, of, of the 10 sellers? Is there 3,000 units being moved, you know, it being sold? That's the first question. After that, it's like, okay, yes, there is. That means there's got to be enough traffic there to get 3,000 sales or 10 sales a day. So if that's the case, how do I get in front of them? Well, I have to get in the top 10 somewhere. Okay, how do I do that, right? So these are all of the questions we're asking ourselves. So it doesn't really matter how you get the sale because that's ultimately what's going to help you rank and help you get more eyeballs and more sessions. So how do we get more sales? Well, the first thing is pay-per-click. That's the very first thing. If you're not leveraging pay-per-click, sponsored product ads, you need to do that. So I'm going to get I'm going to throw that link out there again. It's the amazingseller.com forward slash PPC. Total free resource for you. Totally free. Um, and we actually went through exactly how to set up campaigns and and what to look for and how to trim through some of the, the keywords that aren't performing, the ones that are performing, and all that stuff. So it'll give you a good foundation on what to do for that. You also mentioned that you ran out of inventory for two months, I think, which is a long time. So to get back up and running again, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder. Now, the one thing I would have to ask you, which I can't because we're not sitting across the table from each other, but if I was there in person with you or I had you on the phone, this is the question I would I would ask you. I would say, what was your conversion and what was your sessions before you ran out of stock? Now, again, this can change. If you're a seasonal product and you're in the summer and you ran out of stock there and then you relaunch in January and your product isn't selling well in January, it's probably just because it's seasonality, okay? But if your sessions were 50 
and now they're only 10, then we got to get you back to 50. So how do we get you back to 50? Well, we have to look back and look at your sponsor product ads and your pay-per-click and say, you know, can we just turn them back on? Did you raise your price to try to slow yourself from running out of inventory? And if you did, you probably decreased your conversion rate and now that will hurt you when you go to launch again. So then we have to start to get that velocity again, that momentum. All right. Now that's all internal stuff. We got to make sure our listings optimized, make sure that your, your title is optimized, make sure your pictures are optimized, your bullets, your description, your backend keywords, like all of that stuff. You got to go through all of that stuff, making sure that it's, it's there, right? You guys can hear like, there's a lot of different things that we need to reverse engineer to kind of see where there could be a spot where we can tweak, right? Where is there a spot that we can then focus on? Because there could be other things that are already in place that you don't have to focus on, but you have to focus on the sale element, right? We have to focus on getting the sales because we know if we get sales, then we're probably going to rank, okay? Now, let's talk a little bit about externally. If we want to really ramp this thing up and have more of our own control, whether we run out of inventory or not, or we just want to do a boost, we need an email list, plain and simple. You guys have heard me talk about this, and I'm going to keep talking about it because it's that important and it's an asset. I actually talked about it on the beginning of this episode. We're going to be doing a full live in-person workshop with 15 people building their their sequence, their, their launch list. Everything is going to be done for them or with them inside of this one-day workshop. But to kind of give you guys a breakdown of this, and we're also going to do more of an overview of it on a uh, on a workshop that we're going to be doing online. And depending on when you're listening to this, you'll probably be able to get access to that. And that's going to be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. All right, so that'll be updated with the workshop once we do that. We're going to do an online workshop as well. That'll, that'll hopefully help you through this process and give you kind of what we've done and what we're doing and what we're helping people to do. Uh, so the big thing, though, to think about, and this is like an overview of what it looks like, you need to get attention for products in your market that are similar to your products or your product. A lot of people make the mistake and they just want to take a Facebook ad and drive it right to their Amazon listing. And that's bad in my in my eyes because we're driving a ton of traffic and then if only 5% convert, it takes your conversion rate and drops it down because Amazon sees it as a session. They don't see where, the, where it necessarily came from. They just see if someone landed on your page. So what we want to do is we want to control that. So one little filter that we can apply there and we can start to build an email list is to add a landing page to that. So if we have a Facebook ad and we're going to give a 50% off discount, well, all we have to do then is say, hey, to receive your 50% 50 off discount code, just you know, enter your name and email address and we'll send it to you. That's it. It's that simple. So you're basically just taking a Facebook ad, you're finding your audience, your, your target audience, which is very easy to do on Facebook nowadays. Uh, you just go to a Facebook fan page that's related to your, uh, to your market and, uh, and then, or look at Facebook, uh, pages, I'm sorry, uh, groups, um, or just interest of, you know, uh, you know, different interests that are in your market and then just target those groups and you can do all kinds of demographic stuff and all of that stuff. But then what you want to do is drive them to, to the landing page that gives them the 50% off discount. And then in exchange for, um, the code, they're going to give you the email address. Okay. And then from there, immediately you can boost your sales. Okay. Now, I've found, and I like doing it this way, is I like to, to create a little bit more buzz and a thing where it's more shareable, right? A, a, a bigger bundle in a sense. And you might not have all the products to make the bundle. So what I like to do is take products that are, that are, that are in your market that people would definitely want 
when they buy your product or if they buy your product. And then from there, you could always upsell them later on that, or you can even, even include that in part of the, of the, uh, of the prize. Okay. So just imagine again, you have, uh, and I use this example a lot. If you are selling a tackle box, well, you can find the top fishing pole and then a fishing net and a fishing vest and your tackle box, put it into one package and then have people enter to win that and then do that for 30 days. And then on the back end of that, the people that don't win, there's going to, let's say you get a thousand people to enter their email address, those thousand people, there's one person that wins, there's 999 that didn't, you can offer those people a 50% off discount on the back end if you want. And then instantly, you're going to be able to start boosting your sales. You can do a flash sale with that email list. Hey, guys, you know, we're going to, we're going to offer 25% off this weekend only, uh, you know, so be ready. And then you send that out on Wednesday, and then Friday is this flash sale, and then you have a flash sale. And all you do is lower, maybe you just lower your price for, for those two days. You don't even have a coupon code. You just lower the price by 25%, and then you say, here you go. And then they go directly to Amazon and buy it through your email list. Um, so that's what I would do. Just some ideas for you. Hopefully, this has helped you. I can go on for <laughs> talking about this for hours, which I'm going to be doing, by the way, in North Carolina in June. So I'm super excited about that. I'm actually going to be getting hands-on and uh, building it with people, which I, I love doing as well. So uh, anyway, hopefully that helps. Keep me posted. Let me know how that works for you. And uh, let's go ahead and listen to the next question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. It's Brett from Arizona. I uh, love your podcast. Been listening to it for about six months now. Um, ever since I kind of found out about the Amazon thing, uh, as far as selling goes, and pretty cool. Um, very useful stuff, and it's been uh, inspirational and helpful in keeping us going along the way from finding our first product and getting it live on Amazon. Uh, we finally did the first one. We kind of went big. We um, picked a fairly competitive area and also ordered um, about. 2,600 units, I think, from China um, and did the whole sea freight thing, all of that. And it all went pretty well. Um, had really good luck with uh, planning our pro forma up front. We have a really good pro forma that we use um, to make sure that all our costs were in there and we wouldn't be surprised. And we really weren't. Uh, the only thing we're running into now is uh, we are getting some a couple returns. We've had some pretty good traction through pay-per-click and we're getting some good organic sales. But We've had a few returns now, or at least one return and one request possibly for a return, um, asking basically why our product isn't as high-end as they thought it would be. Um, and we thought that we've done a good job in saying that this is a value product. There are higher-end products, but they also cost a lot more than our product. Um, we thought we've done a decent job at that. But uh, apparently, we're not getting that across in our listing. Um, I know that quality products are, you know, typically preferred, and ours is a good product. It's just not nearly as good as some of the, you know, more expensive competitors, which is why we're priced so much less. Um, so, wondering if you have any experience in how to get that point across better on Amazon without just coming out and saying these are cheaper and less good than the other ones but uh, they're still a great product. I'm, I'm not sure how we would say that. If you have any ideas, we'd love to hear it. Thank you. Hey, Brett, thank you so much for the question. And uh, 
Arizona, huh? That's a nice area. I uh, I was there recently at one of our TAS Breakthrough Live events in Phoenix. Love it there. My good buddy, Jim Krill, lives there. Uh, grew up with Jim for uh, years, played a little league together and all that stuff. So yeah, I visited there a few times. It's beautiful, beautiful state. So okay, um, let's, uh, let's dive into this. Now, it sounds like you've taken a product and you've actually went the other way with it. And what I'm seeing here, or I'm hearing here, is that you took a product that is usually more expensive, okay, and then you made a more generic version that people can buy. This is a little dangerous, to be honest with you, because people are expecting higher quality and then you're giving them like an off-brand. And I know myself personally being in the photography business, like I've done this, right? I've bought these little, there's like these little receivers that connect your camera wirelessly and uh, it's basically you plug it into the shoe on top and if you guys don't know about photography, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, you don't need to. Just understand there's like a component that you buy that slips into the top of your camera that then communicates and speaks to your external lights. And um, and I bought one off of eBay, I think, and it was like 25 bucks, but the good, the more expensive brand was like 100 bucks. And I said, you know what, I'll just try it. And I got it, and it was a piece of junk, and I sent it back. Now, I'm not saying yours is a piece of junk, but what I'm saying is people are going to hold you up to the expectations of the more expensive item, okay? So my thoughts are here, make your product as good as the more expensive ones. So wherever you're falling short, you need to fix that, and that might not be what you want to hear, but that's what I'm going to tell you because that, in, in the end, if you can have a better product okay, and then sell it for a little bit less, that's great for you because now people are still getting, uh, you know, they're getting the uh, the same deal as if they were to spend 100 bucks, they're getting it for 75. I still, I wouldn't want to be that much lower either because why? Like you can make more profit by charging more and if your competitors are charging more and you're gonna split that cost in half and I don't know what your cost is, how much cheaper it is. But if you're doing that, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And then also people, they perceive it to be not as good if it's too cheap. Some people, they hurt themselves by pricing yourself so cheap because they think people are all going by uh, or, you know, they're all going to be basing their decision on the price. And that's not always the case. I ended up spending $100 on the better one after I spent $25 on a piece of crap, right? So you got to... You got to look and see what are people saying that are getting the the returns or that are requesting the returns. What are they saying? Really listen to that. And then from there, try to address that. Now, if you want to make it even more clear for them that like, let's say that yours is made with a lighter material than, you know, the better brand. You might need to make that very clear that, I mean, you're not going to say, well, ours is less quality than, you know, the best one that's being sold out there, but you could just put all of that stuff, and you may already be doing this, but these are just things that I'm thinking out loud about, is I, I would want to make sure that I was clear that everything that they're getting, the dimensions, um, the size, the, uh, you know, the weight, whatever it is, I want them to know that it's, uh, that, it's that. I, want it to, I don't want it to be hidden in the fine print if that makes sense. I want it to be right out there in the open to try to reduce that. Now, it doesn't sound like you got a ton of refunds, but you did get some. So I would, again, I would focus on trying to make that product as good as the one that is selling for more, that is technically better quality. I would try to make yours as good or a very close second. 
Um, and maybe you're already doing that. But again, you asked about how to kind of reduce these refunds or the expectations. Those are a few ideas of what I would do. And anyone else out there that's thinking about making a product that's less expensive than a more expensive product out there to try to say like, well, look, at you can get this product over here cheaper. You got to make sure that it's not technically cheaper, right? You don't want them to get it because, you know, or, you know, to get that product and then have the thing fall apart in two days because that's going to be bad for you. Um, so really got to think about that. If anything, I'd like to go the other way. Take a product that's selling for 20 bucks, and if you can make yours better, sell it for 30 that's that's how you can really get yourself um, you know, to kind of stand above everyone else and not have to worry about competing on price because eventually people are going to buy yours after they've tried the other one and it's broke after two days of using it. So just some food for thought there. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and listen to one more question and I'll give you my answer and we'll wrap this up and you guys can get on with your Friday. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott, how are you? I love the show. My name is Keith, and I had a question about insert cards. I'm currently selling products uh, using Amazon FBA, and I was wondering if it's against Amazon's TOS to include an insert card into my packaging so when customers receive uh, my product, they open it up, they see an insert card, and that insert card simply asks the customer to sign up to a newsletter to get more information about my product, uh, best ways to use it, and uh, any new product coming out in the future. You can shed some light onto how the best use insert cards and if they're approved by Amazon, that would be great. Once again, love the show. Thanks, bye. Hey Keith, thank you so much for the question and it's a great question and it does kind of lead itself back to like building that external email list and that's kind of what you're doing, which I applaud you for that. The one thing I will say here, and again, you asked the question of like, okay, is it against terms of service to put an insert card in there? And I personally don't know, (laughs) to be honest with you. It's not clear. Uh, Nothing is clear in there as far as, you know, it doesn't, I'll tell you this, it doesn't say you cannot use an insert card in your packaging to further educate your customer. Like, no, it does not say that in there. At least the time of recording of this episode, it does not say that. But they do word things that they do not want you to drive people to an external website and they do not want you to try to market your your uh, products to them, but more or less during a transaction. Like there's all of these little gray areas that I don't even think they have it clear and I think they do that for a reason, to be honest with you. Because this way here, if someone complains, they have a little loophole there, they can go ahead and shut you down if they want to. So you have to be careful. Here's my thoughts always, and again, this is just my thoughts and my opinion and the way that I kind of conduct business in anything that I do, is if you're adding value and if you're not collecting an email and spamming that customer and if you're not directly selling to them in that insert, then I don't know that it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem. Like I think, if anything, add value, and I've always said that, like how can you make your customer happier than when they first purchased their product. Like number one, we want the product to be phenomenal. Number two, we want them to be protected with their product. So if it's registering for a warranty, I don't see any problem with that. People have been, you know, our businesses have been doing that for years. Um, Most people will not fill out the warranty unless it's like a major item, right? Like like if it's a $200 item, uh, they might because they want to make sure that uh, they're on record um, and that it's documented that they bought the product. But, you know, if you buy a product for 25 or 30 bucks, probably not going to, you know, you're not going to run over to your computer or your phone 
to enter your name and email address to register your product. Um, so, you know, you have to think about like, what are you going to give them? Are you going to give them more resources? Are you going to give them, um, expect, you know, uh, or special exclusive deals in the future? Like, what are you going to do? What is the offer? And I think as long as it's benefiting the customer, then I'm okay with it. But again, do this at your own risk. Anyone listening, this is a do at your own risk type of thing. Um, I, again, don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's smart to have an insert card in there, at least to even just further educate your customer. If you have a product that you know that people are struggling with to get set up or to use, or you want to be able to show them other people's results after using the item, then I think an insert card with signing up for VIP and exclusive resources and tips, I think it's fine. Right, because now you're further educating them. You're making their buying experience better. They're going to be a happier customer. They're going to be a loyal customer, and then you have the opportunity to do whatever you want once they're on your email list. All right, but if you directly got their email list and then directly tried to sell them something a day later on your website, I would be careful with that. I personally would not do that. Um, I like this model. I like an insert card that says, hey, get on our VIP list and our special resources or tutorials on how to use your new coloring pencils or whatever, right? And then from there, I send them immediately after they register some type of how-to or some type of cool little thing that um, was used by one of the past uh, you know, customers and we're sharing that result with them. Like something like that of value that that definitely relates to the product they just bought to make it better so they're like, they're, they're totally excited about this. And then we know that they're into this market. Again, if we're into the fishing space, then maybe five days later, it's gonna be a video on how to uh, maybe put the bait on the hook to catch more bass. I don't know, I'm making this stuff up. But you understand what I'm saying, right? And maybe they bought hooks from you. Well, if they bought hooks from you, they're obviously going to be fishing and they're obviously going to be wanting to, to catch um, bass because they bought a bass type hook. So now the next move for them would be, I want to catch more bass. Well, the video would be how to catch more bass by using this, this rare uh, or, you know, this secret uh, technique to, you know, I don't know, put the worm on the hook or whatever, right? Um, so that would be something that you would do to lead people through the better experience moving, you know, moving through using your product. So anyway, I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, a little bit of a rant, but it's, it's well-deserved, I believe, because you want to direct people to a resource, not necessarily just to get them to buy more stuff. Um, so if you can switch your mindset on that and then lead them back to a piece of content that helps them further, um, with the product that they bought, and then maybe you have additional products that are kind of wrapped inside of that content. That's another story. But anyway, that's what I would do. I'd be careful. And, and as always, I always put the little disclaimer in there, you know, be careful with this and use your own judgment. Um, and again, this is just my opinion. I am not saying at all that Amazon is okay with it. I'm not saying that they're not okay with it. It's just, it's kind of that gray area. All right. So that's it guys. That's pretty much going to wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. I want to thank you guys again, everyone that's submitting questions, keep doing it. Um, keep submitting your questions. If you have not submitted a question, you can do it anytime. Just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and that would be awesome. The other thing I want to remind you guys, if you guys have any 
personalized notes you want to send me. I'm talking in the mail. I want to put them up on my thank you board. I have a board in my office and uh, you guys can check that out by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash notes and uh, you'll see an address there that you can submit a letter if you want to, maybe a picture. I have someone that sent in a TAS Montreal uh, Ivelin had actually sent this in. It's up on my wall, uh, about, I don't know, eight or 10 people in that, in that meetup and they're holding up a sign. And, uh, yeah, so I want to be able to post your thank you letters or just a note, maybe telling me where you are in your journey. And, uh, that would be awesome. So, uh, if you want to do that, head over to the amazing forward slash notes. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, weekend, whatever time of the day, whatever day it is during the week, have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you guys right back here on the next episode.